We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. As you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, my guest today is a guy who's probably tired of carrying me to victories when it comes to Warzone. My guy, Taryn. Taryn, what's good, baby? What up, man? How's it going? Uh, I think that's the best way to describe week two. Yeah, right? yeah. I can see that. Especially someone like you. You had it a little tough. Oh, man. Not only... well. We're going to get right into it, but I do want to start this conversation off with this. I have a list of about 15 very – look, we don't want to wish injury on no one. We want everyone to be healthy, but it is part of the game, especially the NFL. And a lot of guys that are very, very important to their team either didn't suit up for week two or got hurt week two with their season being in jeopardy and maybe not so much in jeopardy also, but it might hinder their performance later down the line. So 
it's a, uh, it was a rough week too, man. And it was something Taryn that I talked about with Alan as we were gearing up to enter week one and the season and tell me what your thoughts are on this one. For as much as we hate the preseason and we think that shit is corny and lame because, oh, yo, Rodgers, you're a Packer fan if you can't tell with the fucking jerseys <laughs> in the background. But we don't like the preseason because the Aaron boys only play one or two uh, drives, right? Devontae Adams only catches one pass and then they're gone. And it's ugly football and whatnot. But on the flip side, I think the preseason, what we're starting to learn and realize is, one, there's been some ugly football. Two, there's been a lot of just missed tackles, missed assignments. Timing is off for some teams. Other teams, it's been a surprise, which we'll get to as well. But I think most importantly, Taryn, and this is where I want to open up this question to you and give me your thoughts. I think you're asking these athletes to go 100 miles per hour right off the bat with no preseason, no game speed. And I get that they've been practicing amongst themselves but, man, this was one of my biggest concerns coming into this year, dude. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. I was expecting some more, like, soft tissue stuff. And, I mean, we'll get into it. There's some hamstring and different things like that. But a lot of, like, ACLs and things like that, which I wasn't really expecting. But it's kind of what you said, man. If you think about it, it's football is a game that's tough as hell. And it's really hard on the body. And when you've got, like, no, like you said, full speed, game reps and all of a sudden you're getting thrown into a game and running into other two to 300 pound men at full speed, there's injuries are going to happen. Your body just isn't ready for that. So everyone is so worried about the, if we would make it through COVID and so far it seems knock on wood that we're clear on that front. But the, I, I think what you're saying is right. That clear had to have played a, a pretty sizable role into what's going on here. Injuries are always a freak thing, but, I mean, we're week two, and I halfway through the 12 o'clock slate, I was like, what is going on? They're dropping like flies. So, I, uh, I value myself on being an absolutely fantastic host, but I did a terrible job of introducing you for the people that might not know. Uh, what is it that you do both for VM and what is it that you do with PFF? Because you do some stuff with Pro Football Focus as well. It's all good. I, I've known you to be bad at a couple things, but it's oh, right. still... <laughs> on my own show, just taking shots. Well, it's all in good fun. But yeah, yeah. For uh for VM, I will uh, occasionally help out Nick with some stuff, um, whether it's sending him different stats or info, and then I uh run the Facebook, at least make sure the episodes and all that go up on time, and I'm on the other socials just tweeting things out posting stuff on Instagram when I see fit. Um, and that all kind of comes from what I do with PFF, which is the other thing you mentioned. I am a data collector for them, for people who haven't heard, which essentially is like the first step. If you know what pro football focus is, they watch every snap of every player um, for every game and record everything and then grade them. There's a huge process. And it starts with collecting the data. You know, it's what route does they, did they run? How far? How far did the quarterback drop back? Just pretty much anything you can think of. And so I get assigned a game each week. And for every player on every snap, I record all that stuff. And then it gets sent up the pipeline to get further analyzed. So you're on your way to being legit, legit. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm, I'm trying out here, man. That's all you can do. Dude, I appreciate some of your input, and I've got to know you through the years through Twitch and a lot of, a lot of video game time. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man, um, it, it's been cool, and I like your insight, too. I think you're a very rational sports fan. You were one of the people that were very angry about some of the draft moves that the Green Bay Packers did. But let's uh, throw in a curveball at you because I did want to open up with Saquon Barkley, but we are definitely going to get to Saquon. Devontae Adams pulls a hamstring. Um, those are always tricky, right? Will Fuller has, I mean, shit, he couldn't even go two games without having injuries on the sideline, and he had his hammy looked at also. But Devontae Adams, the Packers have the number one offense in the NFC, I think in the whole National Football League from a points-per-game perspective. Yep. Back-to-back weeks of over 35 points. Uh, what, are we, what are we feeling about Devontae Adams and his uh, hamstring? Let's open up with that one. That, like you said, uh, it it being tricky because it can you never know how long. Like there's really no info. He, he might play this week. He might miss a couple weeks. But it's also tricky because as much as you want him to come back with something like that, you don't want a Will Fuller situation where he comes back and then all of a sudden he just hurts it again. So, but I mean, the thing is that the the NFC's tough at the top. It's it's a dogfight and. For as great as Devontae Adams is and our offense has been, after that, we ain't really got any options. So it's a big, big loss. It's as much as a number one wide receiver is for any team, but when the depth chart, there's as big of a drop-off from the number one to the two, three, four, five, whatever, it's pretty much all the same on the Packers anyway, then it's it's a big deal. I'm glad you bring that up because I thought Devontae Adams this year had a strong – and I I still think he does because this isn't a season-ending injury, so he still has a chance to come back. Maybe they arrest him for a week or two, but I thought Devontae Adams had a legitimate chance to take over as the number one wide receiver, um, both in in public perception, people that are just football fans, and both in the fantasy football world because I think it's very important to note that last year – Michael Thomas really took the league by storm, but the drop off between number one receiver on his team and number two, I think it was the widest in NFL history from a target perspective. So you guys over at PFF, you guys do a lot of shit with like target market share or the air yard stuff. Right. And it was a significant gap between the two. And I know they've gotten some production from MVS and Lazard as well. And I still think that it's, it's Adams. And then it's like, the gap is probably the widest in the NFL, in my opinion, between number one wide receiver and number two. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, there's a lot of talk like, oh, everyone was mad the Packers didn't draft wide receiver just because we're playing really well. But it's more because our pass-blocking offensive line is absurd, and we've gone against some suspect secondaries in the first two weeks. So – you know, and for as much as production as some of those guys have started to show, and I do like Alan Lazard, he, I wouldn't be thrilled about him being a number two. Mm. He's more like the kind of guy where it's kind of rough if he's your number two, but you're really excited if he's your number three. That's how I look at that. But even these first two weeks, those guys have gotten a lot of opportunities because they've been open a lot. And MVS, sir, can't catch a football to save his life has put up some numbers, but it take a couple of those opportunities away. And sometimes you're left with just drops. You know, we're not always going to be going against secondaries where, 
he gets open 12 times a game so he can drop six and catch six. All right, let's pivot on over to the one that I think I've gotten messages about the most, and obviously it's Saquon Barkley running back for the New York Giants. Terrace's ACL out for the year, and this is one that uh, I've had a lot of people that are friends of mine that are like, yo, I don't really listen to your show. I watch all the clips. I show love. I support, but I'm definitely curious to hear your thoughts on this one. So first and foremost, I want to mention that I think he got hurt on the fuller tackle before the Eddie Jackson incident. Mm. Um, they said it was his hand, but that kind of smelled ACL-ish. I don't even think that's a word or a term, but I just created it because, you know, I'm an innovator. Um, so, first of all, I think he got hurt there. Second of all, I saw Eddie Jackson go to Twitter and be like, yo, I, I didn't want to hurt him and whatnot. It's like, dude, Eddie Jackson, I know you're listening. That wasn't even, that wasn't even malicious, bro. You've seen people get hurt on non-contact. I tore my ACL just running out of bounds playing flag football. You know, it's like one of those, like, I went to plant and my knee just gave out. Yep. So, it's those injuries that you've seen a lot. Uh, Amon Shumper way back on the Knicks just, like, dribbling the ball up. Wow did a crossover and just blew his knee out. Like it happens. You just don't land correctly. So in regards to Saquon Barkley, it was the number one thing that could not happen to this franchise for many reasons, (laughs) many reasons. And I've been on record saying this from the beginning. I was not happy when they took Saquon number two. I'm in the camp of, you don't need to draft running backs that high. You could find running backs off the street. You could find running backs later in drafts. That does not mean that Saquon Barkley is not fantastic. I want to preface that because people are like, yo, now you like Saquon. It's like, bro, I didn't dislike Saquon from the beginning. I just at the time, when you look at what the Gi- where the Giants were, and they still are, because for as much as I love Daniel Jones, there's sometimes he looks like he's a top five quarterback, and there's other times it's like, yo, this guy's gonna be in the XFL. Like it just it's and it seems to be a lot more XFL shit than good shit. So bear with me because I'm gonna be rambling. I got a lot to get off I'll my chest. Off. The thing with Saquon Barkley is at the time when the Giants did that, they needed a quarterback, right? And there was a very rich quarterback class. And I feel a little bit better because I wanted Josh Rosen. He's on a practice squad. I wanted Sam Darnold. He's damaged goods now, and he's a dumpster fire as well. The only one you can make an argument for was Lamar Jackson, and I didn't really think Lamar Jackson was going to pan out into this. I didn't think he was a wide receiver, but I didn't think that he was going to pan out to be as good as he is now. Mm-hmm. With that being said, the Giants have lost the most games in the NFL since 2017, and that includes a Cleveland Brown team that went 0-16. That includes the laughing stock that the Jets have been and the Raiders have been and some of these other teams have been. The Giants are just as bad. The worst thing that has happened to the Giants since winning their last Super Bowl in 2011 is the 2016-11-5 and five year because that was in the middle of a lot of 6-10s, and tens, a lot of just bad football beating up on bad teams, 0-5, and 2-7 starts. So what 2016 was, was a Band-Aid on the shitstorm that was the New York Giants organization from top to bottom. Four coaches in the last six years, multiple offensive coordinators, a lot of coordinators being promoted to head coaches that were not head coaches. 
And for every one good decision that a GM would make, there's seven bad ones. It's contracts that are too big. It's draft picks that don't make sense. It's letting go of talented guys after you pay them. You pay Odell Beckham, you extend them, you pay $26 million of the first part of his guaranteed money, and then you trade him away the first year he goes to Cleveland. He's basically on the Giants tab. The Giants have been a mess for a very, very long time, and it starts at the top because I think the Maras and the Tisch family for as great as they were. And Dude, tell me now, bro. Tell, well, tell me if I'm wrong. Not that long ago, it was the Packers, the Patriots, the Steelers, the, the Seahawks. The Giants were in that mix of like, yo, a team that drafts well, good organization, good infrastructure. As someone that's in Wisconsin, how was it? Am I wrong on that? Am I, do I have goggles on? How, was the, how were the Giants perceived back then? No, not, you're not wrong at all. There's a couple teams that even being not in the division, whether usually in the NFC, that I – I mean, I won't lie to you. I never wanted to see the Giants do well. I because they're one of those teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you, you know they're going to be good because they're j- just like you said, the Packers, the Seahawks. They're like a they're constant floating around at the top for a long time with you know my Green Bay Packers. So I, and I didn't care for them. So you're not wrong at all. And I I think I saw I don't remember if you texted me or if you tweeted out something similar, but it's so true and it you don't really realize it until you really sit and think about it like and how we're talking about it right now but they're just they've fallen off a cliff since then I haven't thought of the Giants in that same light in almost half a decade almost look they they were a team who you didn't want to play come playoff times and you know, not to bring up bad memories, but we would go into green Bay and you guys did not want to play us. It was the good defensive line, good offensive line, but that's what happens with organizations. When you have a good core, a lot of teams, what they shy away is they don't add to it. Right. They don't add to it. Like here's an example. You're going to laugh because this will be the last team you would fucking think of me mentioning as a perfect example for this. But look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had Calais Campbell. They had Yannick. And then number seven overall, they take Josh Allen, who a lot of people I don't think realize. I thought he had a better year than uh, Nick Bosa last year. But the Jaguars win what? Four games? I forgot what they won. And Nick Bosa goes all the way to the NFC. Well, they represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So what did they do? They had Calais Campbell. They had Yannick. They had a good defensive line, but they add to their strength. The Giants, when they had good defensive lines and good offensive lines, they would try to find tight ends and running backs and linebackers, and then that falls apart. But when you look at the Giants with this injury to Saquon Barkley, it was by far the worst-case scenario that could happen to them. He was – they still haven't played – this was – I think they've played 12 snaps with Barkley, Ingram, Shepard, Tate, and Slayton with Daniel Jones under center. And then Shepard is a revolving door of injuries. Um, Ingram. Oh, my God. I am done. Done with Evan Ingram, bro. I really thought he had a chance to put himself into that. It's Kittle, Kelsey, and then there's like the Ertz, Mark Andrews, uh, maybe Hunter Henry. Or no. I feel like yeah, when he's when he's kind of got the same issue though. <laughs> yeah, as Evan yeah, Ingram. yeah. But then, yeah, I feel you. And then Evan Ingram is in that mix too. Now Saquon Barkley is 23 years old and he tears his ACL. 
He'll be 24 years old in February. I want to mention a couple of things. Cooper Cup tore his ACL in 2018. Came back last year. 94 catches, 1,161 yards, 10 touchdowns. Most famously, Adrian Peterson tore his ACL. 2011, week 17 against the Redskins. Oh, oh the, Washington, the Washington football team. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm reading from Sports Illustrated. So <laughs> take your problems up with them. 2012 comes back, wins NFL MVP, 2,000 yards rushing. If there's a silver lining, I think it's this when it comes to the Saquon Barkley injury. It's not an ACL tear from even 10 years ago. Guys are coming back. Jordy Nelson came back off the ACL, had a monster year as well. It's an injury where it's not as bad as it once used to be, where it was like, oh, this guy's damaged goods, career's over. He'll be 24 years old. He'll have an entire year to rehab. Adrian Peterson actually got rushed back early. Dude, I remember I took him in the third round of my fantasy league that year because people were like, oh, yo, torn ACL. He's 28, 27, 28 around there. He's 35 now. So what is that? Eight years ago? Yeah, 27, 28. So it's, it's not selling stock on Saquon Barkley. My concern is you're not going to be able to take advantage of Saquon Barkley being on the rookie deal that he is as well as Daniel Jones because Saquon's going to want to get paid going into next year. Now, what do you do if you're Saquon? Do you get franchised? Like, that's a whole different discussion, but mm-hmm. I know I rambled a lot. Tell me your thoughts and how you feel about this Saquon Barkley injury. I mean, from all the injuries that came out of this week, that one was kind of the one that had a resounding, like, like hearts were heavy, you know, just because he's special. Who, who doesn't love Saquon Barkley? I don't think he's done a mean thing to anyone in his life. He's probably never said a swear in his life. You know, he's just – a great kid and like for my money the best all-around running back in football however what I will say is for the Giants this year which probably would have been scuffed either way to be honest the way it's already starting but I don't think it makes much of a difference and I mean that might seem a little extreme I'm clearly part of the you know running backs don't matter crowd but behind that offensive line, you could put him back there, Barry Sanders, Frank Gore, my mom. It's, it doesn't look like it's going to matter if the whole defensive line's in the backfield by the time he gets the handoff, you know what I mean? So I don't think this season it does a lot. I think it does more for what you said when it comes to contract stuff. I, I think, you know, it throws a wrench in that whole thing. And then it's, now he has an injury history and, you know, running backs only have a certain shelf life anyway. Um, so that's going to make that process more complicated. But for this year, I, it, I, don't, I don't think it moves the needle all that much. Yeah, and I agree with you. My expectations for the Giants this year was 6-10. and 10. And the only promising thing about them was that the offense had some potential to be fun, to be an offense that could put up some points, to be an offense that can – you know, come back on teams and then maybe kind of like not close the door, like what you saw yesterday against the Bears, right? Like they're down 17-3 and they made it to the five-yard line with a chance to win it there. So they had a plethora of weapons. That's a bar, by the way. 
but they had a lot of guys that you can that are going to be starting on your fantasy teams that are fun to watch that are explosive right Slayton coming off that big Monday night football game like I love Darius Slayton goes back to my big dilemma that I have with the Giants organization you find a fifth round gem in Slayton but then there's a lot of like what the f kind of decisions have these all been so you're right I couldn't agree with you more my expectations for the Giants was they had a chance to be a top five to eight offense even if it was going to be garbage time stuff I get that but there was just there's six new starters on the defense they're they're signing Logan Ryan four game four days before the Steeler game so my expectations were low but this was from a uh uh, a fan of the team and a fan of football, I thought this could have been a really interesting team. And now it's – they're bringing in Devontae Freeman. Congrats. Yeah. Right? Deion Lewis, like, all right, cool, I guess. But that's, that's, that's the biggest bummer for me. It was – he was one of those players that made it fun because when he was on, man, you're right. I, I thought he was the best. When you take in everything into account, explosiveness out the backfield, like, yo, he caught 80-plus passes his rookie year. And then last year, he caught, like, 60, but he was hobbled. And it was a completely different offense when Daniel Jones came in. But, you know, it's that's just how I felt about the Saquon injury. Yeah, that, that's a good point that I didn't mention, mention from a fan's perspective. If I'm thinking about it and I'm watching the Giants play, say, another – say, the Jets – the only reason I'm watching that game, aside from maybe to just see what Daniel Jones shows, is I'm watching it to watch Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else there, you know. So that it, it's a it's a huge loss and a bummer in that way. Wow, I'm just reading right now, and I guess we could go into this one. Oh boy, the MRI truck that was scheduled to come when the 49ers where the 49ers are staying, because it's important to note that the San Francisco 49ers this week are playing in MetLife again against the New York Giants. So they're not traveling back West and the truck that was supposed to take Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa, who both left the game yesterday broke down. So like, dude, I was off San Francisco this year. Hmm. Uh, I picked the Cardinals to win the division. Hell of a call so far, 2-0. I get it. Beat a couple of, well, I mean, they beat the Niners, and I, I thought that was a big win. But I thought that either San Francisco or Seattle were going to regress because there was a, lo- a lot of numbers that showed me that. Now, one team is 1-1, one and one, obviously, because the Jets are a dumpster fire, and the Seahawks are 2-0. and oh. But it was more so that I thought the other teams in the division got a lot better. And there was just a lot of signs, you know, the one game records and, and injury luck. You know, San Francisco last year, man, they, they suffered no real big significant injury. And now it's like they, can't, they couldn't even make it into the regular season healthy. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas, what are your thoughts on both? And uh, let, let's start off with, with Nick Bosa, man, because that, you know, no disrespect to Solomon Thomas, but this is a reigning defensive rookie of the year. Um, you're looking at some of the money that's being tossed around to these defensive line and Miles Garrett, his brother Joey, over with the Chargers. Like this guy was going to be next in line. So let's open it up first with Nick Bosa. I mean, it's huge for them. A big reason that the team was as good as it was last year was that defense was just dominant, and the secondary was very, very good. But there's a lot of natural regression. I was expecting their secondary to regress a little bit. 
Now Richard Sherman's hurt, and like I said, their aggression is hit, so the secondary is not playing as well. A way you can make up for that is with the front and getting pressure on the quarterback, which they still had a very dominant front. Um, but, I mean, their best pass rusher, and even though he's only played one year, I, I would say probably top five to seven pass rusher in the league goes down. It's going to have rippling effects throughout the defense and throughout the team. Yeah, you know, Sherman, Sherman got hurt. Um, another piece in their secondary. Uh, just, you know, Werner was kind of on the shelf during the preseason as well. They don't have Debo Samuel. They just got Ayuk back. The running backs, you know, shit, Raheem Mostert, bro. If you were to put, how do you feel about Mostert as a running back? Because I think. If you were to watch the last like six weeks of the season last year and then going into the Super Bowl and having never watched football, you'd be like, yo, this is the best running back in football. Yeah, I like Mostert a lot, um, even though I had to watch him absolutely bend me over twice last year <laughs> in the regular season and in the playoffs. Um, but he's a really cool story. And man, he just looks so fast. There are those players, like ob- obvious ones, like Tyreek Hill and stuff, but some players like that don't get mentioned, Raheem Mostert, when he's open field, dude, it's you can't even comprehend how quick they're moving. But yeah, he's really good. I think, obviously, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you could probably go back there and look all right, and that's saying a lot. But Are you just shitting on my athleticism? What? No, just because you said because you're a leg. I'm no, I won't right, do that right, to you. Right. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> respect, respect. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I like Mostert. Tevin Coleman, he got hurt too. He was limited. Jarek McKinnon is coming off two significant injuries. He looks healthy now. It's just, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I think I'm not, I I share this story a lot because I think it's really important, dude. When I was going to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 46 in Indianapolis. The Giants were getting ready to play the Patriots for the second time. And the guy with the Giants that I know, hashtag sources, told me that he feels more confident in this game than the last time they played. Obviously, 18-0 and and shit like that, that. That was the best team of all time. And I still think that that was the best team that I've ever seen. Um, I don't think we should discredit the 18-0 and Pats because they fell short in, in one game. Like, you can't just disregard how dominant that team was. Anyway, without digressing too much, something really resonated with me, bro, and I think it's very important. He said, of the 53-man roster that the New York Giants had in September, 52 are active in this game. And the one that wasn't was, like, the backup right tackle. So it was – it kind of resonated with me, like, yo, it's not so much the hottest team – it, it is an H word, but I think it's the healthiest team oh, yeah. come post Thanksgiving and playoffs that should be how you dictate who's going to win in the playoffs. That's just what has changed with me over the years. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's half the battle. If your team's fully healthy in January or come, you know, like you said, after Thanksgiving, December, January, you're in a really good spot. Because in this game, that just doesn't happen. And that was just like the 49ers last year. Um, They got lucky with some injuries. Clearly, you know, the other side of the coin has already flipped this year, unfortunately for them. But it's half the battle, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy G also staying with the Niners. Fuck. I'm just looking at this list. If you guys see me looking down here, it's my phone is here. And I have a list of like 15, 16 names. Uh, Jimmy G ankle injury. Is it Nick Mullins season? Nick Mullins. Season. Not a bad spot to step into and look good against the Giants. That, that's completely fair. They got kind of luck. They kind of lucked out with the schedule here for them to have a chance. If Jimmy G is only going to miss maybe hopefully a couple games, you never know. High ankle sprain again. I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. Those things are, are finicky too, kind of like hamstrings. But um, both uh, New York dumpster fires back to back. That's got the first one, which is probably the worst team in football, and they came out with the win. The Giants are a better team. You know, can they do it? It's going to be really important in that division. Uh, one or two games for your starting quarterback, obviously any team is a huge deal because your quarterback goes down. You know, it's tough to win games. But in that division, already being one and one with how the Seahawks and the Cardinals are cooking, those one or two, three games could be the whole season. Yo, man, we got to. We we gotta mention the Rams too, two and zero. Oh. We can't. Oh yeah, man! I keep forgetting about them. So you got three teams in that division that are two and zero, oh, and then you have the Niners, the defending champs of the whole NFC, at one and one. And again, one of the reasons why I saw some regression in this team was the injury luck. Number one, number two. Let's not forget, man. And it was brought up last night in the Pat Seahawks game. They get down to the two yard line with Cam. Well, the Seahawks were at the two-yard line last year with a chance to win the division, and then you got Seattle as the one seed or a bi-week team, and then the Niners are the five seed. So, like, how much different does that look for your team? How does different does that look for the Saints? Like, that was a huge turning point in everything, man. So you're right, dude. There's a chance that especially where the NFC now doesn't seem as loaded as it did when we were coming into the year. Mm -hmm. I think ready for a hot take week two. Oh baby. I love it. This division might have four playoff teams. Wow. It's possible this year, right? With, with there it's being possible. seven teams, Cardinals two and O Seahawks two and O Rams two and O Niners one and one. You look at the landscape of the NFC right now. You got your Packers at 2-0. Still, you know, I, I don't want to shit on them because you beat who's on your schedule, but I'm a big believer in, yo, can I get some impressive wins? Oh, yeah. Right? And, you know, this week you guys are playing in uh, New Orleans against the Saints. So that's going to be – and without Michael Thomas, I get that, but that's still, you know, that's a good-ass team. Mm -hmm. Right? Tampa Bay 1-1 one one, still just like kind of – I don't know what to make of Tampa Bay – uh, Dallas one and one should be zero and two, Eagles zero and two, Washington one and one, Giants zero and two. So the land it Bears two and zero, enough. Gonna move on for that. Still not buying it. You beat two teams that you had no no business beating. Well, maybe you had some business beating the Giants. I'll give you that. But you should be one and one. But man, I just feel like the the NFC right now, and the thing that I, the issue that I have with the Rams, and I guess we could segue into you know, the Cam Akers injury, depending on how you feel about that. I think what Akers and what you saw with the Rams is based on how their, their salary cap is allocated. Yo, they're paying like six guys, I think 60% of the cap. 
So they're very good when everyone's healthy. They're like one, you know, pulled hammy Cooper Cup out four weeks injury from it being like bad, right? I know there's some hype about Van Jefferson because of hard knocks and shit, and he made a big play against the Cowboys and whatnot. But this team, when everyone's healthy, like watch out for them. But on the flip side, Cam Akers goes down now. How do you feel about Cam Akers in that backfield? It's a rib injury, too, so the severity isn't... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, he fell on the football weird or something, I think he read. So uh, who knows, like, how long that's going to go. That's another... I look at it very similar to the Raheem Mostert situation. Now, Raheem Mostert's a lot better than Cam Akers, at least in my opinion, from what we've seen so far. He had small sample size. But as long... I think they'll be fine. As long as... Daryl Henderson can be adequate enough to do what Sean McVay's asked of him because the difference I've seen in the offense from them this year is Sean McVay's changed some stuff around and Jared Goff looks really comfortable and it like he just trusts in the system. If the system falls apart, I think Goff could fall apart and we've seen how that goes and it could be an issue, but I, I think they'll be okay even, even without Akers. Yeah, it just seemed as if this team benefits a lot from having a, a ground game. And yeah. I know they really haven't unleashed Acres or given him the reins. It's still a committee thing, which, by the way, have you noticed how many RBBCs there are in the league running backs by committee? Yo, there's a lot. I was talking about this with Danny, my buddy Danny, who I do the DFS show, mm-hmm. Dan Emma Holtz. And, you know, we always dabble in DFS and whatnot, and we play yearly. We're just saying how. For as many, like, bell cow running backs as there are, and there's probably, like, six, where you know this guy's going to get 20 touches regardless, there might be doubled or maybe even tripled the running backs by committee. Mm-hmm. Like, how many running backs are there in the league where you're like, I think it's Zeke. I think it was Barkley. CMC. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Joe Mixon if you want, you know, 2.8 yards per carry running backs, like, but he's going to get you volume. Like, bro, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but just like off the top of your head, don't you feel like that's the case with running backs? Oh, hundred percent. But, and I like that. That, that makes me happy. That, that tells me that a lot of teams are moving in the right direction because just with, if you have an offensive line and a scheme that's going to allow your run game to flourish, get fresh legs in there. Like it doesn't have to be 30%, 30%, 30%, you know, between three guys or whatever, but like, I don't have any desire for as awesome as he is for Aaron Jones to run the ball 30 times in a game, give it to Jamal Williams, give it to the refrigerator. They drafted in the second round, you know, spread it out, get fresh legs. I, I, I love it. And yes, you're a hundred percent right. The last like two years, it just, you'll notice more and more teams are, are, rotating guys in and out all right let's take care of some housekeeping notes folks as we're gearing up now right around the midpoint of the episode taryn i don't want to edit bro you know this i'm lazy with it when it comes to the editing part you know one take lamb is what they call me spoiler they don't call me that but we'll just go with that for now uh okay let's go to new sponsor visa Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities, whether they're on corner stores, coffee spots, 
Shout out to Tony's place in the city. You know what I'm saying? Pull up. Our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by our name, which is true. Yo, you know what's crazy about breakfast, bro? A lot of people tend to eat the same thing. Like every day? Like every day. I have customers that eat bacon, egg, and cheeses every day. Yeah. But like you can't can't eat a chicken, a grilled chicken salad for lunch every day. Yeah. You just can't. Like, even if you die, you're like, yo, I can't. I got to like, you know, maybe I'll do some tuna or I'll do like uh, some salmon. It's just, it's something about breakfast. Like, are you a coffee drinker? That's a good point. Yeah. So like your coffee always is the same. No? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I drink, uh, I drink tea because I'm soft. So I drink, <laughs> I drink green tea with no sugar because I'm trying to take care of my you know, slimmish figure. They call us by the name, always giving back, making a difference, and they go the extra mile to support us in our communities. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. Next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless Visa to support your community. Visa, everywhere you want to be the official partner of the National Football League. And while we're here, Let's go ahead and thank the members of the Patreon. Uh, we got some new folks in here, but let's give a shout out to Orvica, Derek Pleates, Corey Johnson Hoops, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, and Ryan Pisner, who Taryn and I both know. My guy Piz, Bills Mafia 2 0. Congrats. Good. Beating on Jobert's in the NFL, but you beat who you got to beat. Uh, New pledge from JR. I guess he's too cool to give us a full name. So JR it is. Jake Proctor and Nathan Johnson. To that I say thank you and congrats. Uh, Taryn, you're a member of the Patreon, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, guys, uh, I don't know if like Taryn's going to take it up with HR because I am HR. But, you know, who else has people helping him with the brand and giving them money? It's... uh. I'm kind of, you know, one of a kind, but I do, you know, got you Madden, maybe send you some manscape stuff, you know, keep those balls nice and fresh and trimmed. Gotta. So, you know, I'm, I'm all about the people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've said before, I don't know how you figured out, but you found the blueprint. You got me helping you out and I'm, you know, Patreon, Twitch sub, but you know, like you said, there's value, there's value. So there's no denying that. Uh, I will not stop being a Patreon member. Bacon pools, all that fun stuff. It's it's worth it. It's worth it. Listen, man, there's there's some shit coming up. Just keep rocking with me. Keep carrying me to these war zone victories. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying. The back's getting tired. <laughs> the, the sloth, man. All right, let's get back to the show now. Uh, Sterling Shepard, like I mentioned before, a, ro- a walking, revolving injury, uh, foot injury. Uh, obviously not as bad as uh, Saquon Barkley. But, yo, can I just ask you something? And this is going to seem really harsh. Oh, boy. All right. He left with a toe injury. Like. Turf toe. Turf toe. Yes. Like, is it not? I don't want to say funny, but is it not just like a toe, bro? (laughs) But I, that's what Devonte Adams missed time with last year. No, I, so I know, I know. Look, I, listen, I've I had, you. I've had a uh, broken 
like I don't even know if it's the ring toe, but it's like the one next to my pinky mm-hmm. on my kicking foot. Bro, I was like, I was walking with a crutch. So yeah. I'm not laughing at it, but I do. I found it funny when I was telling people like, yo, I broke my toe. Like it was just, oh, I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know, but it, it hurts. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not shitting on him being hurt, but it's just like, you know, like when a baseball player pulls his back cause he sneezed like, bro, that's funny, son. Come on. Let's be honest. Like, uh, you're not playing today. Cause you pulled your back. How'd you pull your back? Sneezing. Like, come on, fam. That's what I mean right. by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's funny, but it's like just to say, you know, this NFL top tier athlete. Um, yeah, this Machizo, just it's like one percenter. It's a t- oh. yeah. It also sucks, man, because I've always been a Sterling Shepard fan since Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. I think he's a reliable slot wide receiver. When when you don't have, and I I think it's obvious that his best years came when he had Odell opposite of him because. That's the kind of role you want Sterling Shepard. Yo, can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. If I'm the Packers, call the phone. I think a guy like Sterling Shepard is exactly what you need. I was talking about this with Emmanuel Sanders last year since like week one. It's like, yo, Adam, you get a guy like Shepard underneath? Even even like Lazard and MVS, they're more of like home run threats, aren't they? Yeah, MVS especially. Um I'm I don't dislike that at all, but I'm also kind of like I'll take whatever I can get at this point. But I could as you were talking, I was kind of envisioning it and I could see him feeling like a Randall Cobb-esque role. Mm. That's kind of what I would I would think of or how he would fit in the offense at least. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. They won't do it though, so you know. Can I um there was some late news for that afternoon slate yesterday. Chargers playing the Chiefs. And Justin Herbert got thrown in there. No practice with the starters. Tyrod Taylor, chest injury. I was always a Justin Herbert guy. I know a lot of people are hesitant because in Oregon, you've seen it time and time and time and time again. It's a lot of, oh, shit, my first read ain't there. Help, 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 help. Herbert goes in. And goes toe-to-toe with Mahomes, which for the eye test, if you're a Chargers fan, you should be like, yo, if that's the best in the league, my guy kind of went toe-to-toe with him, went into overtime. Anthony Lynn, after the game, comes out and goes, we're going to have to evaluate and see because if Tyrod is healthy, Tyrod's going to be the guy. I know in a time of corona and a time of people losing their jobs, um, you know, having a job is a big luxury. With that being said, I've already wagered a nice $10 bill on Anthony Lynn first coach fired because if he goes back to Tyrod Taylor after watching what Justin Herbert did yesterday, the guy should be fired. And I've never like, I've never wished that on anyone. And I don't wish that, but like, dude, how can you watch that and be like, yo, I'm gonna go to Tyrod Taylor. Eckler looked alive. Keenan Allen looked alive. Hunter Henry looked alive. He looked apart. Like, bro, just go with it, man. Why not go with it now? Oh, yeah. It was a whole different offense. And I was not a Herbert guy. Um, small sample size. I'm not going to admit defeat yet or not defeat. Of I shouldn't course, say it like that because I, ho- I do hope he's good. Every time I think someone's going to be better, just like Daniel Jones, I hope he's going to be good. But uh, it's also because you care of me and my mental health. Of course. <laughs> I need Daniel Jones to. <laughs> of course. You got to have something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was never a Herbert guy. I thought he was more of a second round, you know, developmental, not quite ready. But 
I give credit where credit was due. He looked good. The whole offense looked completely different. That was not the Tyrod Taylor-led Los Angeles Chargers. It was like definitely lit a fire under all their asses. It was really great to see because I've always liked the Chargers for some reason. I don't know if it's the jerseys or like they always got a couple players I like. I've just always liked them for some reason. But it was really cool to see. And when I heard that, I think this morning, that Anthony Lynn said if Tyrod's good to go, then he's starting – there's just nothing. There's nothing even to say. Just why? Like I just I would like to hear the reasoning for that because it's it's absurd. There's really no other way to look at it. You know what he brings to the table? It's not much. Like if you want to go <laughs> six and ten, you play Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. If you want a chance to surprise some people, and no one has film on Herbert, maybe you can make the case that yo the Chiefs got caught by surprise the way the Chargers did, and that's very fair, and I believe in that. But yo, why not? Why not? Maybe you could take advantage over these next seven to eight weeks when people were not expecting Justin Herbert and kind of just like airing it out and shit. Like, why? I, I think it'd be uh, an incredible mistake where now on the flip side in that division, Drew Locke hurts his shoulder, AC joint. Football doctor says it's not as bad as they once thought it was. They also lose Cortland Sutton, who he couldn't be healthy from the beginning of the year, tears his ACL as well. Yet another player tearing his ACL. Did you know that it's um, ACL is the number one trend worldwide right now on Twitter? And based on um, uh, ACL injuries, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven yesterday. Tavon, Tavon Young, likely an ACL, Bruce Irving, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa. And then we have confirmed we have Saquon and Cortland Sutton. So it's like now I was a lot higher on the Broncos as I was coming in. I thought they had a chance to maybe be a playoff team. But if you're the Chargers and going back to that with Justin Herbert, you're like, yo, this might open up the door a little bit for us, right? They also lose Von Miller. Bradley Chubb came back and he had a nice Monday night football game. But for the most part, it's a guy coming off a significant injury as well. And they've revamped their entire secondary with losing Chris Harris Jr. I just think that why not go with Herbert and Drew Locke now banged up shoulders are always crazy, especially for quarterbacks. And then now with Cortland Sutton being out, bro. Yeah. It really doesn't make any sense. Even if you don't get into the playoffs starting Herbert, even if you still go six and 10, seven and nine, he's a rookie and you, you, you've got other injuries elsewhere and, what do you think he's going to benefit more from on-field experience or sitting behind watching Tyrod Taylor? It's not even like they have the argument where like he's sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, he's sitting behind this guy, that guy, some elite, you know, Tom Brady, whatever. It's like just let him pl- just let him go play. Let him get better and develop. It doesn't make any sense. Um the Cortland Sutton thing really sucks as much as all these do obviously, but the Drew Locke experience was another one. Experience was like another one that I was kind of lukewarm on still. I liked some – he had flashes last year, but I really liked how the Broncos just did their best, I felt, to surround him with mm-hmm. as much talent as possible and be like, you're going to be able to develop. Like, we're not going to hold you back. Not going to Sam Darnold you. Just, you know, drafting Judy. And I really liked everything they had going on there. Fant looked good. Judy looked – 
like a rookie, but I like some of the stuff I saw from him. And then Corlin Sutton has been getting better year over year. And it's just, it's the number one receiver. It's a huge thing to go down. Now they're left with, you know, their number one being a rookie who's looked a little shaky to start. It's a, it's just a tough situation. It's, it's really bad for that team. It, it hurts their growth, their quarterbacks development. Um, I mean, they're young, youngest ever. I think I saw the average age of their offense was 25. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was something like that. And also that I think Melvin Gordon makes more money than the entire – I think it's like double the money that Drew Locke and everyone else makes. <laughs> something outrageous like that, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But it, it just sucks, man. I feel for that that team. But at least, you know, they're young. It's, it's not like the window is closing. If anything, it's just starting to open. As we wind down here, another one that seems rather significant as well, similar to the Saquon Barkley injury, was one Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain. A very similar injury to what Michael Thomas is now dealing with. Um, Those are always tricky, right? Like Saquon Barkley had this, and he started practicing a week after he got hurt. And yeah, he was limited, but he was still a 1,000-yard rusher. But then on the flip side, it's it's going to be nagging them all year long. You're going to be mm. seeing a lot of limping from both of those guys. Mike Davis seemed to have gotten the bigger role with him being out. You know, that that's just, again, the, the one thing that I hate that people do, and look, uh, I was guilty of this in the past when I was younger, so maybe it's people being young, but when a guy gets hurt and the first thing you think about is your fantasy league, it blows, man. It makes, it takes the fun out of what fantasy football should be. Uh, I play fantasy football with my friends because especially now with everyone getting older, it's like, yo, people got shit. Like people got kids, people got wives, people got work. So it's like, it's, we have a big group chat and we have conversations like every day. And we kind of watch football together and shit. So it's like the camaraderie, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. But fantasy football players are the worst. Like yesterday, late last night, we got the report that James White, his parents got into a car crash and his father passed away. And some fucking square tweets out, dude, fuck my fantasy lineup up. Have nobody to replace. My whole team already played. Like, yo, this guy just lost his dad. The last thing he cares about is your fucking $20 fantasy football league. And I, I don't want to come off as like, oh, you're sorry, big bucks over here. It's like, no, I'm broke too, bro. But like, I don't think about that. And I play da- daily fantasy football and I have money allocated towards players and their success. But like, I just think that's incredibly lame and it takes away the fun of what it really is. And then also, that's why. Real NFL players, like, y'all, never forget the famous tweet by Arian Foster when he retired. He's like, I think the the Houston Texans, the Miami Dolphins for giving me a chance to play. To the fans, I appreciate you, yada, yada. And then he goes, P.S., fantasy football fans, y'all are sick. It's like, yo, it's, it's just crazy, man. So just how, how, do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, there's uh, – as fan, I mean, it's been popular for a long time, but as it gets – more popular and social media becomes a bigger thing. Fantasy football is more and more every year being conflated with real life football. 
So, and it's just like, sometimes people don't, they aren't able to separate the two. It's like, yo, we got to remember that even just more than fantasy or watching them on a screen, like these are human beings. Like they got families they go home to, they got hobbies they like to do outside of football. They got livelihoods, they got futures. It's like, they're like chess pieces to some people almost. Mm. And it's... It's tough. It's just like, you know, I play fantasy. I'm in multiple leagues. I play dan- daily fantasy, you know, all this sort of stuff. But it's just, you can't, you can't think about that. These are human beings that are potentially having their careers or lives altered or, you know, set in a different direction when they're getting hurt like that. Week, week 17, I think it was. Week 16. There was a week 16 game where David Johnson needed like 112 all-purpose yards to break some record and to get, like, incentives and bonuses. And he gets hurt in the Rams game. And uh, I missed a chance at, like, $250,000. And, like, I've been on that receiving end. I've been on that side where what happened to me that day was I just couldn't – I couldn't speak. Like, yo, I couldn't, like, my family came over and we're eating with my grandma. She's like, what's wrong? I just, I was just eating. Bro, I ate so much that day. I was just like, I just didn't say a word. I just didn't, like, you know what I'm saying? But it's, I, I didn't send David Jones, like, oh, you punk. Like, yo, fuck you, man. Right. It's like, bro, it, that's part of the game, dude. That's part of the game. Guys get hurt. You think these guys want to get hurt and then miss out on guaranteed money and then get cut? Like, no. Right. Just takes away the fun, but. Is there anything else, any other uh, injury that uh, you have on your list or you want to mention? I don't think so, man. I'm just – I'm praying that uh, week three, you know, there's some positive regression, a lot less injuries because it was a rough one. And it's it's always tough to see so many guys that are important to their team and just fun to watch and good people go down with injuries like that. Yeah, and with CMC, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but mm-hmm. he, he's similar to Saquon Barkley, right? Like, how much expectations did you have for the Panthers? But he was just a guy that's just fun to watch. Yeah. Whereas Michael Thomas, like, that's a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. And I do think that this year they're better equipped to deal with that injury because they added a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. Not that he's anywhere near what Michael Thomas is, but Last year, the drop-off between Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn yeah. was this. Where, like, now I think it's a little it's a little more narrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, – that one's uh, tricky because I've never been a Michael Thomas guy. And I think we've talked about this. At least I'm not saying he's bad or anything. Obviously, he's great. But I also, small sample size, have thought Drew Brees has looked – really bad so far just his individual performance so maybe you know even though they added a better number two having his his boy that he throws to 46 times a game not being there could cause some serious issues but i don't know it's just uh it sucks man there's so many it's you just go on and on different teams we've been how long we've been talking here just this guy's hurt for this team that guy's hurt for that team it's ridiculous if no. you're mad about my fantasy output the first couple of games, drop me and bless someone else in your league. That's Kenyon Drake <laughs> at 9 o'clock last night. A guy tweets at him, you got my million dollars you cost me today. Everyone scored but you. 
since his FanDuel lineup, it was a $4 entry. <laughs> I just, Rats. Man, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy out there. Uh, Taryn, you're the man. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Um, give the people your social medias as we sign off. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me on. I've been itching to talk football with someone. So, you know, it was a good time and it was good to get it off my chest. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's just my uh, name, T-A-R-E-N-C-A-R-I-V-E-L-L-A. And my Instagram handle is the same thing, except it's got a dot in between them. So, and make sure you follow the show at Veterans Minimum, Twitter, Instagram. LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, tables, oh, ladders, and chairs. Oh, my uh guys there's a very special episode coming out later this week if you've been a member of the patreon you've already heard of it heard it but just to promote it a little bit uh i had the dea agents that helped take down pablo escobar on the show javier Pena and stephen murphy they are the two dea agents that the hit show narcos from netflix is inspired and based on that's going to be out wednesday and I don't usually ask you guys to do this, but please retweet the fucking shit out of that one because I want that one. That one has, it's a hell of a conversation. Um, for those that might not know, I am fascinated by the cartel era. I'm fascinated by Pablo Escobar and his rise to power. Um, I am fascinated by Colombian women. Um, and I think I should end the show with that before I get in trouble at the lamb shows where you can find me big ups to all of you for listening and I'll catch you guys next time I'm coming for real taking that food right off of your grill Nikki too ill can't let it drop of me spill clogging the lane I'm feeling the strain I'm here for the spot to be filled not to be cocky but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.